All right. So welcome to Honey Child's Cafe with Positive Vibes Productions for Everybody's Got a Story podcast, Human Collaboration Project. I'm Shonda Nicole, the host of the podcast. And today I have Melissa Akins with me. Did I say your last name right, Melissa? You did. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. I just wanted to make sure. And Melissa's here to have a conversation about being a survivor of mental, verbal, emotional abuse the effects of that abuse and how one can overcome it. Uh, Melissa is sharing her story to offer emotional support and to help people to know that they're not alone. So again, thank you for being here, Melissa. I appreciate it. Absolutely, um, thank you for having me. No problem. I wanted to start, Melissa, with how old are you? I am 27, I'll be 28 in September. Okay, a September what, I'm just curious. September 10th. Oh, wow, it's my cousin's birthday, Virgo. Oh, nice. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, and so, Melissa, do you feel older than what you are due to your life experiences? Um, I mean, yes. I feel like I, I did miss out on a lot of the, you know, early 20s um, fun time. So, yes, I feel like I had to grow up quickly. That's but yeah, I don't feel too old. I just, I, but I do feel older. Yes. <laughs> okay. No, no, that's, I was going to say, that's interesting that you say that the last person I interviewed with said the same thing, that they missed out on um, their life a lot when yeah. they were younger. Yes. Um, so that's interesting. So you do feel like you had to grow up a lot faster. Uh, Melissa, can you give a bit of background of like when you first recognized the kind of emotional abuse that was happening in your life? Like your um, yeah, so I met my ex um, when I was 19, mm -hmm. um, and we got married actually like a month before my 20th birthday. Okay. Um, and there were signs then, but like, you know, I was 19. I just ignored them, thought it was, we were both young, who cares? It, he'll grow out of it. It's stupid stuff, right? Okay, so, um, so Melissa, so you saw red flags, but you chose to ignore the red flags? I did, yes, um, and I did ignore them, or I just didn't really realize at the time yeah. that those were concerning, or those should be concerning. <laughs> exactly, because, you know, there are, there are, I, I like to break it down in threes, I'm like, there are the red flags that we don't see, because, because right. we just don't know, there are red flags that we do see, but we choose to ignore, right. or there are red flags that we see, but we hope that we can fix them. Right. Yes. So, and okay. I feel like looking back on it now, there was all of the above. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, looking back now for sure. Um, and definitely throughout the relationship for sure. Um, it really wasn't until I had my son. Um, he's two and a half now. He'll be three in September as well. It really wasn't until I had him that I really opened my eyes to the red flags and said enough is enough um yeah and I thought and I just the way that I was being treated in front of him that I also noticed he was being treated that's when I said mm -mm, we've got to go I you know, can't have him around you know what Melissa and I can so relate to what you just said I don't know yes. what it is about us women that will take on so much emotional and verbal and sometimes physical abuse but it's like right. when we have our babies and if something is like happening to our kids it's like that's our heart you know it's like our right. heart is being pulled out of our chest it's like no not my baby no you won't no. right absolutely wow. okay. mama bear comes out mama there bear you comes go. Out. <laughs> absolutely so um 
Melissa, how did the the abuse that you were receiving, how did it like make you feel? Because I'm pretty sure you're like, well, this is my spouse, you know, right. my spouse is supposed to love me, you know? Right. Well, one thing I did start to feel um, a few years ago, especially like I said, after my son, when I started to really notice things, is I started to feel like, you know, the world is a scary place. The world yes. is already, you know, judgmental, of, you know, not abusive, judgmental and scary and gives you anxiety alone. Yeah. So your home should be your safe place. Yes. Your spouse should be your comforter. Yes, However, your sanctuary. Mm-hmm. The way that I was feeling was I felt more safe in the world than I did in my own home. Wow. Because um, I felt like I was walking on eggshells every time I said anything. I felt like, you know, if I, I just, I felt more judged at home than I did with people in the world. Okay. Okay. And would you say that your spouse maybe exhibited some, some form of like narcissistic qualities or? Oh, absolutely. absolutely and you know and go ahead I was gonna say the more I've learned about narcissism over the past year that I've been gone from him Mm -hmm. um 100% like everything I read I'm like oh my god to a t to a t that is him isn't it crazy it is like I know for me personally I didn't know what narcissism was I can't hearing the word thrown around and I'm like why did why, why are people why do they keep talking about this narcissist like who is this at first I'm like I'm thinking it's just a person oh it's a narcissist a person oh this is not you know and then right. when I started going through certain things too it made me want to study for myself as well and just like you it was like oh bingo 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 right on the point and so wow yes it's, it's crazy how like how exact it is and you're like oh my god oh my god <laughs> That's no, exactly, and he still acts that way. Like I still have to deal with him because of our son, and I'm like, what? <laughs> I hear you, that you just define it. I heard, I hear that like it's not easy to break out of that uh, behavior. I I read that once a narcissist, always a narcissist. Yes, and for me, it is so hard, Melissa, for me to believe that. Like because I I'm always feeling that people can change. I just feel that people have to want to change they have to put in right. the work to want to change you have to right you know like that's that's the healing part of it you have to want to heal and if you don't then you will remain right. the same you know well idea yeah, I feel like it's just like with any any addiction you have to accept the fact that you have an addiction to fix it so with narcissism and like my ex's behavior he doesn't see that he's done anything wrong to this day he tells me I've made up all the abuse that none of it happened and so it's like so you're never going to actually change or grow or be a different man if you can't accept that you actually did act this way exactly and then and when that happens when they're constantly in denial and they're trying to throw it back at you it makes you confused it like puts you in this tailspin of confusion um like, you know, while you're in the relationship with them because they're constantly in denial about their behavior, sometimes right. it, it will make you second guess yourself or like, well, am, is this happening to me? Or am I doing something wrong? Or is it, right. you know? And yes. I think that's what makes a person stay in that kind of a, of a relationship longer because the the narcissist will take you, like spin you around in a ball of confusion and, and keep exactly. you there. Yep. And they, yeah, they definitely, that was him. He would 
constantly make me question like, okay, well maybe I am nagging too much. Maybe I am this, maybe I am that. Or the on the opposite end, he would apologize, you know, I say that in quotations because it never was a true apology. Yeah. <laughs> um, he would apologize and he would be nice for, you know, a day, a week, maybe even a month. I think I've gotten a month long of him being nice. And then you think, oh, okay, maybe he did actually understand that it hurt me or mm -hmm. he does care. And then, you know, you fall back into that same trap. And that was just, you know, eight years I was in the same trap over and over. <laughs> So that's exactly what it sounds like. So they, so, so that's what it is—a trap. They, they tell you what you want to hear, exactly, to appease you for a little bit, and that's the trap, right? And and then they go back to how they are, and then you have to kind of decide for yourself if you're going to stay or not, right? Wow. And I know you also said, Melissa, you said you felt like you had to constantly prove yourself to uh, to people what do you what did you mean by that can you elaborate um so I just always because he always made me feel like okay you're not doing things right you're you know like he would compare me to like his mother a lot oh. she kept the house clean she raised kids and kept the house clean she did this she did that everything was compared to her or even an ex like my ex didn't act that way and you know oh. so it always made me feel like okay so I need to be better like I'm not I'm not pleasing him I'm not making him happy I need to be better and I feel like because of that I've I took that out into the real world too and I always wanted to please people and be a people pleaser and I was a yes person and everything was yes 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 I'll help you however you need mm -hmm. and I also found that my relationship with him took me like the same thing was happening with friendships too I felt like I was being taken advantage of constantly yeah because I I never said no like I just didn't want to make up people upset I hated conflict I hated upsetting people so just I spent every day like what can I do to make everybody like me <laughs> wow Melissa yeah. yeah you know what <laughs> I can relate to your story so much um yes. <laughs> I I definitely I don't like conflict either I don't like drama. Right. Um, nope. and, it's, and it's like, because you're a kind-hearted person, you don't ever want to see yourself get to a point of lashing out and, right. and needing to be nasty to anyone because you that's not in your nature. You just don't want to do it, right? But it's like right. sometimes people will push you to that point of lashing out and, and getting out of character. And I so hate to get out of character. But, yes. but I've learned, Melissa, that... People pleasing does nothing um, to help you. It only harms you. Right. Um, and you have to learn how to say no when you really don't want to do something. Right. Because, you know, because it will, it'll leave you depleted of energy. You'll just have everybody sucking your energy and then you won't right. have anything else for yourself. Wow. And so while you were going through this, Melissa, with your ex, like, did you have any emotional support from anybody? Um, no, I honestly didn't because I didn't really have um, many friends. I actually moved to California from Ohio um, about 10 years ago. So all of like the friends I grew up with, I don't really, you know, speak to as much because yeah. we all, you know, are living our lives, different time zones. Um, yeah. And I didn't really get much of an opportunity to meet meet and make new friends out here before meeting my ex 
and he was very controlling about me going out and doing stuff. So I really didn't have any friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with my family, I kind of was not, I was on and off speaking to them because I was always defending, you know, my husband at the time. Yeah. Um, and they, you know, my mom could tell that something wasn't right. And she mm. was trying to like, wake me up and get me out of it but I defended him so there were times that we I was on and off speaking to her and even when I did speak to them I wasn't telling them like what was going on behind closed doors because I wanted them to like him you were protecting him Mm. right I was trying to protect him and make him seem like a good guy so yeah so no I had nobody I didn't have friends to speak to I didn't have the only person that I really spoke to about anything was my ex and when he's the one doing the stuff you can't really no, no, you can't. You can't talk to him. Event. No, not at all. Because he's not gonna understand. He's not even gonna right. take it into consideration. It's it's like in one ear and out the other. Right. You know, it's like just deal with it. Wow, that's yeah, something. So. so you were like really stressing and 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 like being really anxiety ridden. Like, did you ever come to a point where you went into a depressive state? Um, I I don't know about. I mean, probably. I I, I have not went and fully got diagnosed on that but I'm sure there was a time I was depressed or still am even some days you know because I am still dealing with stuff um but you know my anxiety did get really bad and that was mostly because he would love to I think I think for him he loved to be he wanted the power over me that Mm. to feel to feel to make me feel safe or whatever like he wanted that power so he was constantly like bringing up stories or saying things that would just give me such anxiety about the world. Um, And there was a point in time where I didn't drive on the freeway for like two years straight. I refused to drive on the freeway. Why? Because I was so scared that like I was gonna crash my car and die. Why? Why? But he was telling you don't drive on the freeway? Well, he wasn't exactly telling me not to. He just was always like, one time I was on the freeway and I drove over, like a piece of a tire from a truck and it kind of like messed up my front bumper a little bit but then after I came home and was like telling him about that instead of oh my gosh are you okay it was yeah the freeway is such a scary place and and people like do like throw rocks off the top of the freeway and hit people and then people die and did it and he would always just like just he always had to take a story that was so graphic and bad that it just got me to a point where I was like, oh my God, like I hadn't even thought of that. Like, okay, this freeway scary. I, I can't go on it. Okay. So like he would say stories that would make you kind of want to stay in the house and not really want to go anywhere? Yeah, and not, and not leave because I don't think he wanted me to be out in the world. So like, like for instance, one time I took my son to Target and then I came home and he was like, don't you know that there's kidnappers out there that are like kidnapping children to like take their body parts and stuff and and just like those are the kinds of things he would say to me and I'm just like okay I just went to Target like I'm aware of my surroundings (laughs) yeah yeah because basically it's like what are you saying about me that I'm not a good mom that I can't watch my own child when I'm outside with him what what I mean I get it but (laughs) I know I know I'm like I already have enough anxiety as a mother in general knowing that there are bad people out there but now you're I'm coming home to you like having to tell me these stories about what you saw on the news and what you this and what you that and I mean even to this day he tries to twist things and make it sound so awful and I'm just like you know I 
I finally got over, I'm again, as a mother, you already have enough anxiety about your children. Mm-hmm. I don't need your added, <laughs> added stories and stress. And Mel- Melissa, have you ever noticed, um, has he ever tried to like, uh, like belittle you, belittle you in public or like in front of other people? Um, to make you feel maybe not smart or, um, um, he definitely, okay. At home for sure. I mean, I was called stupid, dumb all the time. Um, at home when we were obviously in front of people like my family or my, you know, friends, I guess you could say, or his friends, he was very nice. Um, in front of his family, especially like his brother who would always stay over at our house a lot, he would, um, he would say stuff because it's just like he couldn't help himself. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, I felt like he was pretty nice in front of other people. Um, because I don't think he wanted them to know that he was doing these awful things. Okay. Um, which is why I say to this day, like, he's never brought a family member to any of our court dates. He's never brought um, a family member around. And I think that's because in in their mind he was this perfect husband and perfect father and I'm just the evil one fighting mm, so he doesn't want to taint his life. he does he doesn't want to taint his image to others right because he like I said he he put on a he put on an act in front of his family and was how was his family like were you around his family did they treat you nice um yeah I was around them I mean we would go see them every weekend we'd visit a little bit um they were fine like it's not like I don't dislike them I thought they were nice people um I did get the impression though um they they spoke Spanish and I don't really speak Spanish okay I did get the impression sometimes because I can I can tell body language that they were probably speaking about me yeah um in a negative way Mm -hmm. um I've also been told that they were speaking negatively about me a few times um from other family members (laughs) wow but um but no, I mean, from the on the on the large scale, I was fine with them. It okay. wasn't like we had a problem. It wasn't until after my son was born that I had a few issues with like his mother mm. um, and her trying to undermine me as a parent. Mm. What she was like more controlling over your child. Well, like um, one incident I can specifically remember is we were at her house and she brought out animal cookie crackers. And it was like dinner time. So I was like, no, I don't want him eating that. I don't really give him a lot of junk. Plus it's dinner time. I want him to eat his food. Mm-hmm. So she's like, okay, fine. And then she left the cookies like sitting in his reach. So he kept trying to grab them. And she goes, your mom said you can't have a cookie, but I'll give you one anyway. Right mm-hmm. in front of me. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, okay, to me, that's disrespectful. I mean, I know it's very minor, but it's like, but that's disrespectful because I just yeah. said my child can't have something. And you literally are acting like, I don't care. Yeah. I'm giving it to him. And so I kind of was just at that point. It was like, it's time for dinner. I want to go home. Well, that caused a huge argument between me and my ex. Like, huge. Yeah, because he doesn't want to, what, undermine his mother now? I, I guess, you know. When he had a problem with her, it was okay. When I had a problem with her, I was evil. So, wow. <laughs> you know, who knows? But it was just little things like that. She tried to give my child cheesecake at six months old. Whoa. Right? Well, uh, you know, no. wow. No, you don't do that. Well, Melissa, you know, right. the little things, you know, people may call them minor, but the minor things usually add up to big things. Right. But then, like, when I called her out on it, she tried to lie to me and say she didn't do it. And I'm like, I just watched you put it in his mouth. (laughs) Like, 
So it was just things, little things like that. We never had an argument where we screamed at each other or, you know, were disrespectful, but just little things like that. Um, and I also, I told, you know, and I, I shared this with my ex several times. I just didn't really, again, I wouldn't be disrespectful to her because it was her home we were in and I'm, and I'm not like that. Yeah. But I didn't really respect her opinion on anything. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's mainly because one time I recall her telling me that her husband was abusive to her and in front of the children, the children all witnessed it, which is probably why they are like that. Yeah. Um, and I just remember her telling us, you know, your spouse might, the guys, guys will be guys and they Mm. might cheat on you and they might be abusive to you and they might do all these things, but you just keep cooking and cleaning and doing their laundry and they'll realize who's that you're, you know, you're the one and they'll come back. And ever since she told me that, I was just like, I cannot respect any advice you give me because no, that's not okay. Well, Melissa, when I tell you my last interviewee, this particular part, we discussed this. And I specifically said, you know, growing up, when I grew up, that's how I was taught. I was taught, you know, guys are going to cheat and guys are going to be guys and they're going to do this and they're going to do that. You just, you just got to accept it as guys being guys. And I'm like, well, you just have to, you have to accept that. Like you just have to accept that they're going to cheat and they're going to do this and they're going to lie and they're going to, and yeah, that's just boys. That's just it. But no, now I understand that. No, it's not just how they are. It's how they were conditioned to be. It's it's a learned behavior. So if that's what they learned and that's what they choose to stick with, then that's going to be what's repeated over into their children's lives and their children's children's lives. And it's about breaking those toxic family cycles, right? Yes. And that's one major reason why I left. Because I said, you know what? I don't need my son growing up around this. I'm not going to let him, you know, Yeah, (laughs) so I'm going to teach him. Exactly. You want your son to learn differently. So Melissa, so are you saying that your breaking point was when you had your son or your breaking point was when if something happened to your son, like what pushed you Um, to leave your, your ex really pushed you? Well, okay. So I had a month before I left, I had this moment where he, my ex and I were arguing. My son was sitting in my ex's lap and he turned to my son and said, your mommy's being a B-I-T-C-H, right? Oh, come on. And I was like, okay, you know what? I've witnessed my nephew listen to his father call his mother names. And now Mm. I, and now I see my nephew calling his mother names when she's disciplining him. Mm-hmm. I said, and this is my nephew on that side. So my, you know, in-laws. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I said, you know what? I can't, I can't have that. And I started packing stuff up. I like packed bags and I told him I cannot do this anymore. And I think that was the first time I actually packed some bags. Yeah. And I think it scared him a little bit, a little bit. And so he was like, okay, no, I'm sorry. I won't do that again. I'm done. I'm done. I'm going to be good. We're going to have, you know, and I, I listed all my concerns. You don't spend enough time with us. You're never home. I know you have to work and I appreciate that you're working, but like, but when you're done working, you should come home and spend the rest of the evening with your child. Who's growing, you know, growing, you're missing stuff because you come home, eat dinner and run back out the door. When he goes to bed an hour after you're home, you might as well just spend that hour with him. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like he was never home because, you know, drugs and drinking and partying was all way more important than us is what I felt like. Yeah. Um, and so I told him all these things and he's like, okay, I'm done. 
And for one, and I told him, okay, this is the last chance I'm giving you. If you do one more thing, I don't care how minor it is. If you do one more thing, I'm gone. Yeah. And so he was actually for one whole month. Very good. He came home after work. He spent lots of time with us. He took us out on the weekends. I felt like he was a completely different person. And then sure enough, one day he left for work and I let the dog out. We lived in an apartment building. I let the dog out and to go to the bathroom and our neighbor comes out and I was still in my pajamas, which was just shorts and a t-shirt. Yeah. And I was waiting for the dog to come back up because she ran down when the bathroom comes up and the neighbor starts chatting with me and whatever. He was just talking about, Oh my God, your son's growing up. I remember when my son was that young, just talking about his kid. Yeah. Ex had forgotten something. So he came back up and saw us talking. Yeah. Well, my entire relationship was anytime I spoke to anybody that was a man, it was like, I, Oh, you want to, you want to sleep with him. You want to cheat on me. That was our entire relationship. Mm-hmm. So he comes up thinking that I was trying to like invite the neighbor into our home. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, I was waiting for the dog who you saw downstairs. Yeah. And so he of course started his whole, you're a this, you're a that. Um, how dare you making up all kinds of stuff. We had the huge argument and I even then still wasn't going to leave. I just said, are you coming home after work for us to talk about this? And he's like, don't worry about it. Why don't you go ask the neighbor? Gave me some sarcastic answer. And I was like, okay, I'm done. So I called my parents up. I said, you guys want to come help me move? They came, they came and got us. They got all my stuff and we were gone and I haven't turned back. (laughs) I know that's right. Wow. So you had to be really strong to do that. Was he upset that you left? Oh, I mean, he came home while I was moving the stuff out, trying to convince me to stay. And I was like, I told you a month ago when I packed bags, if you did one more thing, don't be sorry now. You should have been sorry two hours ago when you started calling me names. Yeah. And for days he, you know, and he tried to play again, mind games. He, we were on a FaceTime call because I was letting him see his son. I wasn't trying to take him. I mean, I'm not trying to take him away from his kid. Yeah. So I was letting him FaceTime the next day and he stuck a knife to his neck. Like as I don't know what I don't know what the purpose was, and I wait. Wait, your ex stuck a knife to his own neck. Yes, yes. Like trying to get me to, I don't know. Like if I was gonna, I don't, I don't like, know. What like, 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 I'll die if you don't come back. I'll kill myself. Yeah. So I hung up on him because I'm like, your child is watching this. Not appropriate. I mean, again, my kid's young. He didn't know, but I hung up. Then apparently I, I then I was getting calls from his mom freaking out going I haven't heard from him he's been staying at my house but he didn't come home from work today mm-hmm. and then they were rushing him to the hospital because he, according to her he took like a couple bottles of NyQuil or something okay and of course then when I like he was like you didn't come to the hospital and I'm like I'm not running back to you I don't know what you don't understand about that so um, he purposely put his own self in harm's way to see if how much you still cared about him. Yeah, if I would come, if I would come running back. Um, wow. And, yeah, and then <laughs> when I addressed this in court, because I felt that committing suicide is an important matter. Uh, yeah, you think? He, he straight up told the judge, I didn't actually try to hurt myself. I just told her that to see if she'd come. And the judge looked him straight in the face and said... Well, lying to gain something is emotional abuse, dude. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> the judge straight put him in his place over that. And because it's true. Like, 
Well, right. And the thing is, is I know that he actually, he did try. So that, so he lied in court too, but whatever, that's all he's done is lie in court. Um, yeah. (laughs) So yeah, he's tried, you know, and, and I ended up getting a restraining order because he just wouldn't stop harassing me every day. Melissa, come home. You're ruining our family. Melissa, you're ruining our family. And I ended up, yeah, just getting a restraining order so that he couldn't speak to me other than about our child. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, still to this day, I've I've had one conversation with him not too long ago, um, just trying to explain, because he was like, why are you fighting me so much? Why won't you let me have custody of our son? And I'm like, because look at the facts here. So you have like, like you have full custody. He doesn't have any rights. I have, I have full custody. He has visitation, um, and that's it. Yeah. Um, and they're supervised visitation at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's just like, I don't understand why you're fighting. I'm changed. I'm a changed man. I, you know, I'm sober now. I go to church. I'm getting my life together. And it's and I told him. I told him straight up. I said, if that's the truth, good for you. Mm-hmm. However. I've heard all this before. I've heard you say I'm changing or I've changed. I've heard you say I'm done drinking. I'm done doing this. Yeah. I've heard you say I'm going to be better. Yeah. And it didn't take long before you you did something again. I said, so if it's true and your actions show me that, yeah, it's going to take a while of your actions being good for me to believe it. Like That's a right. long while, more That's than right. just a month or a week. However, I told him, however, your actions aren't different because you've lied to your son several times on your, you know, FaceTime calls that you have with him. Mm-hmm. You've still done stuff to me. Yeah. You still go into court and continue to make up lies about me. So I don't actually believe you've changed. And yeah. he just is in his mind going, you're exaggerating this. You're exaggerating that. You've made up this. We both have said stuff to hurt each other. And I'm like, I don't know what part of anything I've said in court about you I have had text messages, voicemails, you know, talking parents messages. I've had all that oh my to back goodness. up what I've said. I've had I've had proof to back up everything I've said. You have not shown one piece of proof to anything that you have said. Not Melissa, once. Melissa, <laughs> Melissa, Melissa. You, you are like my like so if, when I tell you that your story and my story mirror mirror each other like so much yeah because i'm going through uh child custody and yeah I'm, I'm going through that too and uh, yes, yes. a lot of what you're saying i can relate to relate. and girl oh my goodness this is, is crazy i know right it is it is just something it is something so we were supposed <laughs> to connect and, and talk we were exactly. <laughs> because this is and I started my the my podcast, Melissa, as a way to vent, you know, as yes. a way of trying to understand what was happening to me. I started my podcast as as a way um, because it, at first it, it, it was just about audios to myself, me mm-hmm. trying to decipher the message so that I can get a, a lesson from it, trying to understand. Right. And then when I began healing and processing everything, then I'm like, you know what? if this helps me, then this can probably help other people, you know? So then I start making my, my, um, audios public. And then I decided that I need to invite other people in too, to tell their stories because we all need to connect in community so that other people, this is why we're doing it, right? Know that they're not alone, that, that this, 
this kind of thing happens. Like narcissism is a, a real thing. This is crazy. How right, do you no, how how do you cope, Melissa? Like, how do you cope with your pain? Do you have any outlets? Do you like to express yourself? How do you get through? So since I've left, I um I actually found one of my coping mechanisms is working out. Um, yes. I didn't really work out much when I was, you know, with my ex. I, in fact, I, because I didn't go anywhere, I sat at home eating all the time. I gained so much weight after having my son. Yeah. I was 230 some pounds when I left him. Um, I actually started working at a gym and then that motivated me to work out. I've since lost 75 pounds since Well, leaving. you go girl. <laughs> um, and now I just, yeah, I use working out when I'm upset or mad or pissed off that my ex said something or does something. I just, you know, I'll go do a workout and I'll just sweat it out. That's right. Um, I also just, I got very, like, as soon as I moved, I got involved with the local mom's club group and yeah. I take my kid, well, I mean, not currently taking my kid to play dates, but I was taking him, um, on play dates and meeting other moms and just getting out there and making friends with other, other moms. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I've just, I've created a new life for myself. Yeah. Well, you just made another mom friend in me. I got to tell yes. you, our stories are like, this is crazy. Wow. <laughs> So yeah, no, it's, it's awesome. And I also, I, it's not that I go and share every detail of my life with others. Yeah. Um, but I do share kind of what happened to me with others. One, because you never know who you're going to reach and touch and, 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 you know, connect to, but also I've just discovered so much in this past year, especially like when I've gone into court with different lawyers and, um, even judges and stuff Mm -hmm. that some of them feel that unless you were like beaten to death by your ex, you weren't mm-hmm. abused. Wow. And so I just found that even sharing my story can educate others on there are different kinds of abuse. There is emotional, there is, you know, mental, um, right. and just how that affects us when we are being treated a certain way. And just That's hoping right. that, that that will educate others on, Oh, maybe I should check myself on how I, I do treat my woman or, you know, or, yeah. or man, you know, you never know. Absolutely. Um, and so that's another reason I share because I just want people to realize there's more than just being punched in the face. Absolutely. Because the mental, the mind is very fragile, you know, right. and being constantly mentally abused, that really does something to a person. And then it can make a person do something harmful to themselves, you know? Yes. So yeah, it does matter. And I appreciate you being here, Melissa. I appreciate you telling me your story, sharing your story. And if people want to reach out to you, like for further questions about your story or just to connect with you online, is it okay that uh, they reach out to you, Melissa? Yes, absolutely. Okay. And where can they reach you online? Like your Instagram handle or? Um, Yeah, I definitely, I have Instagram or Facebook, um, either or Facebook. I'm just Melissa Akins on there. Okay. Um, and then Instagram, I am Melissa A ten twenty eight. That okay. is my Instagram handle. So awesome, awesome, and I'll also follow up um, with that information as well. And again, Melissa, I want to thank you for being here today and for being so vulnerable with sharing your story. Like yeah, I said, absolutely. I can, yeah, I can definitely relate to the court and the child custody part of it. Oh, but it, yes. it helps to hear another story in order to gain clarity, like if one's judgment is a bit foggy, you know, it's 
Right. It's something how a person can be so confused in a situation, but then until they hear someone else's story that's directly mirroring their own, it yes. helps them to put the pieces of their, their puzzle, their life puzzle together, right? Absolutely. 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 Thank you again, Melissa. And that Thank does it for you. us today. No problem. That does it for us today. Thank you all for taking the time to divert your energy this way. You're listening to Honey Child's Cafe, Everybody's Got a Story podcast. Peace and blessings, y'all. Take care, Melissa. I have a Bye. feeling we'll be, we'll be in touch. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I'll, I'll talk to you soon. Great. Right, have a great one. Thank you. Okay, bye. Thank you. Bye.